it's, it's 2020 clear vision. What does that mean? It means that biblically substantiated, we step into a new year, a new decade, a new season. Behold, I do a new thing, says the Lord. If Isaiah 43, we believe that in our families, in our homes, in our marriages, in our health, in our ministries, in our finances, in our careers, in our cities, in our nation, we are about to see the glory of God like never before. How many believe that? How many are tired of seeing devils, demons, legions, principalities, powers of darkness, disruption, division, discord? How many are tired of seeing that? And how many are ready to see something new? How many, how many, how about, let's go beyond the word what? How many just don't want to see something new? How many need to see something new? How many are here beyond wanting? How many are here because you have a need, not just a want? So we're going to see, we're going to see in our families, in our homes, in our marriages, by faith, the glory, the power, the strength, the grace, the mercy, the righteousness of Almighty God, of Christ, in us, with you, and through you, like never before. We're going to see it. Last week we talked about, we finished the Elijah Elisha narrative. What have I tell you? That for you to see what you've never seen before, it requires you to temporarily go blind. How many would still say, I want to see what I've never seen before? What if God says, let's make a trade? What if God sits you down? What if the Holy Spirit over a latte sits you down? Because it's always over a latte. And God tells you, I want to make a trade with you. Are you willing to temporarily lose your sight in order to permanently acquire my vision? Are you willing to temporarily go blind in order to see what God has for you? Are you willing for God to do this to you and say, trust me? Are you willing? Careful what you ask for. You may actually get it. Let me tell you about a man named Saul. You know him as Paul now. Saul, Saul is Paul. Paul is the Greek derivative name of Saul. Saul was an interesting man. Let me just lay it out. Saul was a murderer. It's a bad guy. He was a religious, he was the most dangerous person in the region because he was doing bad things and he thought he was right. And what made him even more dangerous is that he did it using the name of God. Yep. This Saul was persecuting the new believers of Christ. Not just persecuting them. He was responsible for signing the paperwork that would end up in their execution. That guy dies because I said so. That guy, that murderous, conspiring, religious bigot called Saul, the baddest guy. And it wasn't Leroy Brown, bad guy. In the whole town, he was the worst. And that Saul had an experience he stands up like this there was this 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 waiter there was this waiter i'm using 21st century contextualization there was this waiter this servant named stephen a young guy this stephen guy was sold out for jesus he was turning the world upside down the bible says and he was so indignant with what this guy stephen was doing that he ordered this guy's gonna die and he saw him die they picked up stones they stoned stephen stephen stood up Bible says that he saw the Lord welcoming him. Then he came down as the stones hit him, literally stoned him to death. They took Stephen's clothes. They put him at the feet of this Saul. He saw it all. He witnessed it. He signed the paperwork. It was his thing. And then this Saul goes through a journey. Acts chapter 9. This same Saul was uttering threats 
with every breath. Look at this. And he was e eager to kill God, the Lord's followers. He was even more committed. I'm going to kill them all. So he went to the high priest because when you want to kill people, you go to the priest. He re you'll get that tomorrow morning. <laughs> he requested letters addressed to the synagogues in Damascus, asking for their cooperation in the arrest of any of the followers of the way. Now, if any of the followers of the way, uh, now the problem with the way that, that my media team, which is beautiful, the way they typed it up is not the way it appears in Scripture. Because for your purposes here, not because they're bad, they're beautiful, they put them all in capital letters here. So the way I should be reading this, because it's all capitalized, is he requested the letters addressed in the city. Because they're all in capital letters, right? <laughs> I'm just saying. But in the real world, if you Google it, I promise you that the, 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 in the middle of the sentence, not, other than the first letter of, the, of, the, of each sentence, the only word that's capitalized is that one, the way. Read it. The Holy Spirit, through Dr. Luke writing this, has capitalized the way. Because it's not a little way. It is the way. It is the way. So the, the followers of the way, let's go kill them. So he, his job was to bring them, both men and women, back to Jerusalem in chains. Watch, we're going to get there. As he was approaching Damascus on his way to pick up the Christians and kill them, he's on the way. This is what happens. On his way to do bad things real bad things, a light from heaven suddenly shone down around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why did you persecute me? He fell to the ground. He fell to the ground. So we're going to get this. I promise today it's going to be brief. Uh, if you're taking any notes, here it is. I want you to hear me. God wants to blind you. He wants to blind you before he gives you a vision. He wants to blind you to your now before he gives you a vision for your next God wants to blind you before he gives you a vision, and he will blind you before he gives you a vision. He was blinded on the wrong way by the right way. I want you to listen to me. Where was Saul? He was on his way to Damascus to do what? Not to get many petties, but to do what? To kill Christians. And who shows up? One more time. Where was he? On his way to do what? To do what? On that bad road. On that negative road, destructive, painful, murdering road, who shows up? Who shows up? Jesus shows up on his way. Saul on his way, on a bad way, on a negative way, on a destructive way, Jesus showed up. Oh, what am I telling you? The reason why the majority of people are in this auditorium, it's not because Jesus showed, he showed up in your life when you were perfect, when you were pristine, when you, hey, how many people here, Jesus showed up when I was on my way to church. Uh -huh. The majority of people here, when you were jacked up and discombobulated, when you were broken, when you were abandoned, when you were on your way to get drunk, get high, to hook up when you shouldn't have been hooking up, when you were on your way to self-destructive behavior, when you, how, let me make it clear. The reason why some of us praise the way we praise is not because Jesus found us in our Easter suit on our way to church. He found us on our way to hell and he interrupted our plans. He showed up right here and he said, I'm about to change your life forevermore. You were on your way when the way showed up. Is there anyone here that gives them glory that Jesus is not afraid of your way? 
Jesus is not afraid of your way. What are you, what are you telling me, Pastor Sam? I don't care what path you're on right now. I don't care where you're at. You could call that way addiction. You could call that way depression, anxiety, fear, confusion, divorce. I don't care where you're at. Jesus is not afraid of going into your way. He'll interrupt your way. He'll show up in that way. He'll be there in that way. And I want to remind you one more time. It's not a way. He is the way. He is the way. How many here can bear witness that on your way to doing something or leading your life the wrong path, he showed up? How many remember when he showed up? How many are grateful that he showed up? How many here actually remember the moment he intercepted your walk and literally turned your life around and said the rest is yet to come. I'm about to turn this around. How many, how many get that? So th this is important. It doesn't matter what way you're on. That's why we have to be careful in becoming a religious institution. We have to be careful in becoming a man-made institution where we look at people the way they come in and we judge them. If we get to the idea, if we become this legalistic, non-grace, Christ-substantiated conduit of transformation, then we're going to tell people you could only dress, if you only dress this way, you can come to our church. If you only look this way, you can come to our church. If you only believe leave this way you can come to our church let me say something that may get some of you uncomfortable not anybody in this church but I'm going to say it I don't care who you are I don't care what you do I don't care how you look I don't care who you vote for I don't care who you sleep with I don't care what you've done in your past this church is open for you because the moment you come in here you're not going to find a man you're not going to find just a group of people you're going to find the power of Jesus the grace of Jesus the glory of Jesus, the anointing of Jesus, the life and the eternity of Jesus that will change your life around. So the doors are open for anyone from anywhere to encounter the risen Christ. It's the way. Somebody say, "Is the way." He's the way. Now, 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 he is the way. He is the way. And that capital letter, I, in, in a world of, I wish we would have this the right font typeset for millennials. They don't use font, they use typeset because they're adulting now. Right now, so we could, we, I wish we would have the way because the fact that it was capitalized, it, it was only one. I'm going to tell you a place where I struggle. I, I've never confessed this before, and I know we're live around the world, so I'm going to confess this. This may go viral, but I'm going to tell you a place where I've never felt the presence of God in that place because it is so, it tests my faith. And, oh, I, wanna, I don't even want to go there. I, I pass by it and, and I get chills and I keep on driving and I'm not going there. And every once in a while you're obligated. I go, I'm not going to go there. And the warfare in my life to go, I'm, I don't want to go there. I even tell my wife, I'm not going there. I can't go there. I want to talk to you about the DMV. <laughs> Am I the only one? <laughs> Am I the only one who has struggled with the DMV? I'm, my brothers and my sisters, even if you work here at the DMV, God bless you. You're anointed and God is with you. But man, DMV, that acronym, oh, glory to God, makes me want to fast for a year. Because you never know. You just never know. And then on the DMV app, in the paperwork, you have to renew or you, you, I mean, God forbid you have to get something new. You, you got to go through check so many boxes now. 
And there's so many boxes for everything. And I mean everything. Like back in the day when the DMV first started, you had one check. Are you alive or dead? Check here of alive. Not anymore. Now you walk in there and it's not just your name. It's your name and then you get to choose which now in California new laws, which pronoun is applicable for you. He, she, it, what, that. And I'm not making this up. Now this is not a comedy act. This actually is for real. I'm not making this up. You get to choose your pronoun. Uh, it could be we. which I've been accused of having more than one personality, so it could be we. Shoot, I'm not making, seriously. And then, so you actually got to think about this. You got to process this. Imagine you being like, you're getting different for what? And then on, on sexuality, you have, it's no longer male and female. I'm just being truthful. You get to choose male, female, both, none of the above. None of the above. To me, and again, I'm just saying, it's just a matter, and you get to choose which categories, and you could be none of the above plus all of the above. <laughs> which to me is also, from a mathematical standpoint, intriguing. But, it, you know, there it is. It's the, it's the reality of our time and culture. And, and you have to pick now which one. And then even an ethnicity, before it used to be simple, are you black or white? Now it's no, not, not all. It's, you black, white, yellow, brown, purple, violet, a mixture. What are you? And I mean, it really is. And then even ethnicity, before it used to be simple. Now, because before in California, they always had a you know, black, African-American, and then went to black, black, African-American, and then it went, now it's Hispanic. Now they say Hispanic or Latino. I'm going, huh? <laughs> That's a trick question. <laughs> but it isn't, because some people prefer one or the other, so you don't know which one to fill. Hispanic, Latino, and then they go Hispanic from where? And they go Hispanic, Mexican, Hispanic, Salvadorian, Hispanic, Lodi. Go, are you kidding me? Where do you, what do you do? Uh, seriously, every category, you have like a thousand choices. In everything, you have a thousand choices. When I grew up, there was just coffee. Then later on, decaf. That was the revolution, decaffeinated. What's that, decaffeinated coffee? It's coffee, but it's not. <laughs> and why do they still call it coffee? Dad, don't ask too many questions, son. <laughs> but not now. Now there's choices. How many shots? Nathan orders stuff that I don't even know what he orders. It's just not right. I used to order, what is it, a tall upside down caramel maki. Upside down. Who, who makes that up? Uh, choices. Choices. Isn't it great that as it pertains to God, there's only one. I'm going to say that one more time because we got people viewing around the world. I won't make this clear. Not because we're arrogant, but because we're compassionate. There is only one way. There's only one way. There's only one way. There's only one. There really is. Pastor Sam, that's not cool. No, it's the truth. There's only one way. If we would dare to speak the truth about everything, some people are going to hate us. Some people are going to unfollow us. But many people will be set free because the truth sets you free about everything. So I'm going to say it. There's only one way. There's not multiple ways. There's only one way. And that way has the most beautiful name in the universe. That way happens to be Jesus Christ of Nazareth. 
There is no other way but that way. No other way. No other way for eternal life, new life, abundant life, glorious life, favored life. It's Jesus. Somebody say it's Jesus. He is the, the biggest revelation, John 14, 6. One of the biggest revelations I received some years back is when the Holy Spirit showed me, Samuel, you, you, you limited yourself. Growing up, always reading this verse, you don't seem to get the full picture. And I went, what do you mean, Holy Spirit? And he showed me and he rocked my life. And then Dr. Tony Evans, one time who I love so much, confirmed it in my spirit. I went like, oh, my goodness. God showed me, hey, son, he's not just the way. He, he is the way, but you're missing it. He is the way out. He is the way through. And he is the way in. And went, whoa, he's the way out of anxiety, out of depression, out of bondage, out of captivity, out of condemnation, out of, he is the way out of generational curses. He is the way out of captivity. Are you with me? And he is the way through, through the storm and the valley and the storms of life. He is the way through and he is the way in, into abundant life, into eternal life, into new life. Basically using an Old Testament metaphor, he is the way out of Egypt. He's the way through the desert and he is the way into the promised land. Somebody say Jesus is the way. Let me get to you though. The part that really got me in this message. The light shows up. Let me read it to you. As he was approaching Damascus on the mission, a light from heaven shone down around him, and he fell to the ground. I'm done. Are there any questions? We'll do this one more time. I'm Saul. I'm on my way to do bad things. Because I am a bad person. I'm on my way. Jesus shows up. And this is as a light. Because he is the light of the world. And the moment he shows up. What does Saul do? He ends up where? He ends up where? We just read it. He just ended up where his cable just ended up. Come on. This is simple. He, he illustrated it for us. He, it, he, he ended up where? No, no. You, you, he ended up. The light shone, and he ended up where? He ended up on the ground. I want you to hear me. Here's what the Holy Spirit told me to tell you. Do not be afraid to be grounded. You're going to get this in a second. Watch this. The moment the light shone on him, he ended up where? On the ground. Ladies and gentlemen, the best conversations I've ever had with God. The best conversations I ever had with God were not when I was in the pinnacle of, of, of just seeing the success and the prosperity of God. The best conversations I ever had with God was when I was on the ground. You're going to get this in about 30 seconds. I know you will. Do not be afraid to be grounded. The devil will trip you and try to make you fall. The devil will try to make you fall, but God will ground you. And being grounded is not the same as falling. When you're grounded by grace, when you're grounded by the glory of Jesus, when you have an encounter with God that you end up there, God will ground you. This conversation with Saul changed the world. You and I wouldn't even be here right now, arguably, if he never would have been grounded that moment. The light shone and Saul ended up on the ground. What followed was a conversation that changed the history of the entire world. We wouldn't even be here if not for that conversation that took place on the ground. Grounded conversations always produce fresh revelation. Grounded conversations 
situations will catapult you. When God grounds you, it is not to punish you. It is to change you. It is to equip you. It is to transform you. It is to redeem you. It is to fix you. It is to restore you. It is to reform you. It is to reconcile you. I want to ask this right now. Do not afraid to be grounded. Is there anyone here who has ever been grounded by God? No, I didn't ask you if the devil ever tripped you. I'm not asking what the devil did. I don't give a holy hoot what hell did. I'm here to ask you, has God ever grounded you? How many are now grateful? How many can look back now and say, I'm grateful for the day God grounded me? Air Max 737, Boeing. Air Max. I come off a flight from Toronto a couple of years back. I get off a flight from Toronto. It was San Francisco, Toronto. And I arrive in Toronto. True story. I'm off the plane. I have my, my team with me so they can bear witness. I get off the plane. There's cameras waiting for me. I'm thinking it had to do with the movie, you know, what I do in other spheres. And I'm thinking, whoa, well, this is the thing because I wasn't waiting for it. I'm thinking, you know, I, I thought it was about me, right? <laughs> get over yourself. I get off the plane, the camera's there. I'm the first guy off the plane. So the camera's there. And, and the guy goes, sir. Doesn't call me Sam or Pastor Sam. He says, sir. And suddenly I found out it wasn't about me. He goes, how does it feel? I go, what is, how does what feel? And the cameras are there, the lights from the Canadian television network. And Canadian broadcasting. And they're there and they go, how does it feel? You are on the last flight. Of a, of a U.S. flight on a 737 Air Max because the company just, all the airlines just grounded them. They were just grounded. Did you know that? I go, I did not know they were grounded because before we left, we heard the news. Not that they were all going to be grounded, but that some airlines have begun, you know. Well, but now you know. You're all grounded. So you're on the last flight. How does it feel? Were you safe and all that? And I go like, well, I was safe. They were talking about it a bit. But, you know, I, I have no qualms, no fear. I know who's with me, that sort of thing, Right? So they were interviewing me about the grounding stuff. The 737 Air Max is an airplane constructed by Boeing, and some of them crashed in different parts of the world. And so they grounded all of them. To this day, they're grounded. And they're doing a job. Now, here's the part about it. They were grounded. This plane that was supposed to be their, woof, their top seller, their more, the most effective, efficient plane had an issue in their software where, where, where when the plane was actually taking off, the software would kick in like an emergency protocol plan, like if the plane was about to crash. And unless the pilots would intervene and manually take over, that plane would inevitably crash. So in the, in the majority of occasions, the pilots had the wherewithal, the bandwidth, where they realized it and said, go manual, no, no, not, not automatic. So remove autopilot, go manual, and they took care of it. Some of the guys did not. They crashed. So... The plane is grounded now. I love the narrative of these planes are going to be grounded even if we have to re-engineer. And even if we have to start from, the, watch this, the wording. Even, quote, because the, the pressure was so great, even congressional, even if we have to start from the beginning and break every plane down to its very beginning, we're going to redo everything. I, but how much did it cost? The cost is not an issue because... Because that's not the issue. We're going to begin from the beginning. If we have to do this again, we'll do it again from the beginning. Because once this plane is no longer grounded, it's going to reach new heights. 
and it's going to reach places it's never reached before. So we're going to ground it until we get everything fixed. I'm preaching prophetically to someone right here, right now. Some of you were grounded last year. You were grounded the year before. Some of you feel like you've been grounded for a long time. I'm here to prophesy to you and tell you this. I want you to put a smile on your face. It wasn't God punishing you. It was God fixing you. It was God... It was God getting you right. No, 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 you're not getting this. You were grounded not by hell but by heaven. Not to punish you but to get you right. Why is God fixing you? Not because of the mistakes you did in your past but because what he is about to do with you in the next chapter of your life. I don't know if you're ready for this. Your plane is about to get off the gate and I promise you this is the year you will no longer be grounded. And I promise you this, as you let the Holy Spirit equip you, fix you, reform you, redeem you, regenerate you, remove the stuff that held you back that could have jeopardized your climb and your journey. I promise you this, you're not going to fly like you used to fly. You're going to go higher than ever before in your life. If this word is for you, shout like it's all you. I dare you to lift up your wings. Lift up your wings and repeat after me. I'm about to fly higher than ever before. No, 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 no. Now, now that you know, lift them up really high and say, I'm about to fly higher. I dare you to look at your neighbor. Tell them, I know what it is to be grounded. Tell them like you believe it. I know what it is to be grounded. And I give God thanks for grounding me. I give Jesus praise for grounding me. I give him the glory for grounding me because now me and my house we are about to go from glory to glory to glory to glory to glory anybody here ready to fly you're gonna fly stand with me you already are standing stand with me look up you look up look up look up do not be afraid to be grounded. The devil will try to make you fall. God will ground you. And being grounded is not synonymous with falling. Being grounded is what God says. The light shows up. And Saul hit the ground, man. And that grounded, grounded conversations change destiny. Back to the airplane metaphor as we conclude. Planes are not grounded or put in the cargo bay only when there's something wrong. Do you realize that the pristine, perfect planes, the vast majority of planes that go to the bay, to the cargo, the hangar, and they, and, and they go to the hangar and get refitted, actually redone, like from the beginning, these systems all rebooted, are the planes that have not been through anything negative? No, you missed it. It's called scheduled maintenance. Oh, you, you, you missed that part. The planes are perfect. Not one issue. Checklist, checklist, checklist. Not one issue. Good. You still have a scheduled maintenance. You're going to go to the hangar. And we're going to re redo everything from the top to the bottom. 
and we're going to go through a complete, not just checklist, we're going to refit, redo everything like it's a fresh new day. But wait a minute, I don't have anything wrong with me. I'm perfect. God says, no, 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 you don't seem to get it. I know you think you're perfect, and I know you think you're like at the top, but I'm about to take you to the next level. And even though you were good this season, I'm taking you from good to great. So I need to make sure. So you're not only on the ground when things are up preaching now. You don't hit the ground only when the devil shows up or you're being tempted or you've been through a season. You even hit the ground when you're successful. You hit the ground when you're effective. You hit the ground when you're anointed. Even when things are beautiful in your life, you need to know you need to hit the ground because what God wants to do next is always bigger than what he did in your previous season. If you're not afraid to be grounded by God, raise your hand. If you're not willing to be grounded, then you can't reach new heights. If you're not willing to start right there like Saul, then you're not willing to go up here. You can't come up here unless you first start there. There's an American colloquialism. That's American. When we say, we're grounded. No matter how high God takes me, I'm always grounded. Do you know what that means? That our feet are on the ground. No matter where God takes me, I'm grounded. Lift up your hands. Why am I telling you this? Why is the Holy Spirit telling you this? Because he is taking you to a higher place. Because this year and this decade is not the status quo. It's not mediocrity. It's not even the norm. I hear the word elevation. God's going to elevate you. He's going to take you to a place you've never been before. In him, through him, for him. He's going to take you to a place. You're about to reach new heights, but you must stay grounded. Always remembering who gets the glory. Always remembering where it all started. Always remembering that he found you even when you were on the wrong path in the wrong way. If you receive this, raise both hands. Do not be afraid to be grounded. Turn off your cell phones, turn off your laptops, put on your seatbelt. The door just closed. <laughs> Store away your bags in front of your seat or on your overhead compartment because your plane's about to take off. I need you to put a smile on. I feel the Holy Spirit, I tell you. Your, your, your life is about to take off. I, I'm prophesying now, right now. My God, I need you to look at somebody next to you with your hands raised and go, I'm about to take off. No, 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 tell them like you actually believe it. Say, I'm about to take off. I'm about to take off. Tell them, watch me, I'm about to take off. My family's about to take off. My faith is about to take off. My healing is about to take off. My breakthrough's about to take off. My destiny's about to take off. My dream's about to take off. My pursuit of righteousness is about to take off. I'm about to take off. But it begins by being what? By being grounded. Close your eyes. Holy Spirit, thank you for reminding us today. That it begins, it always begins on the ground. When man was made out of the dirt and the dust. 
It came initially from the ground. When the woman that was being judged about to be stoned, Jesus wrote on the ground. When the blind man who had never seen before wanted to see for the first time, Jesus spat on the ground. And Paul hits the ground. We begin on the ground. We stay grounded in you. And we will reach heights that we've never reached before. Lord, seal this word in every heart, mind, body, soul, and spirit. In the name of Jesus, right now. If you receive it, raise your right hand and say, I receive this word. Now, as, now I want you to be careful what you're saying now, but repeat it only if you know what you're saying. Say, Holy Spirit, I give you permission. Ground me. Whenever you want to ground me. Whenever you find the need to ground me, you don't need to ask me. Park my plane. Park my life. Do your work. Be you in me. Be you with me. Be you through me. In Jesus' name, amen.